In poker, a slow roll is the ultimate example of bad etiquette. Auckland-based advertising executive Simon Lundrum has introduced a new kind of sleuth to the New Zealand crime scene, O'Malley, a hugely successful poker player who investigates the occasional crime. In his first fictional outing, O'Malley's been asked to find a man's missing teenage daughter, but then there's a murder of one of his poker circle. Duncan Smith reads from The Slow Roll. It takes a lot to bring a poker game to a halt. Global terrorist attacks, hurricanes, floods, still the game continues. If they were playing on the Titanic, you can probably find eight men at the bottom of the ocean still waiting for the next card to be dealt. But now, something major is going down, because slowly but surely each table is coming to an abrupt halt. It starts on table two, when Gerald, a lovely old guy whose trousers are cut too short, like he's had a growth spurt since he left the house, stands up abruptly and shouts, Oh my God! His table soon gets the news, and it gets passed on from there. Dealers stop what they're doing. Players dart across the room to share the news with those not yet informed. And even the tournament clock gets paused as people take in the news. Danny Kane is dead. One of us is what people are thinking. A member of this strange, dysfunctional, socially challenged group is dead. It's there in black and white. Colour, actually on the Herald's website. City murder. Local businessmen killed. Simon, first of all, gambler and detective, I think that's a new one on me. How did O'Malley come to be? I suppose I've had a keen interest in in poker for many years and it always struck me as a perfect micro world that sort of overlaps quite naturally with, with crime, I think. And it started for me with the title, The Slow Roll. Um, you know, it's a particular form of a poker play. It's, it's bad etiquette. It's, it's waiting to show the winning hand until your opponent believes that they've in fact won before you turn your cards over. And it, it feels to me quite a good metaphor for crime novels in general, in that in, in many ways, you're never quite sure who's got the winning hand and who's going to come out on top. Uh, and so that that was the the genesis for it. And I've always loved detective novels. Uh, and it felt to me that a detective who was predominantly a poker player and a part-time detective uh, was an interesting premise to start with. Of course, also some overlapping skills, Simon, in terms of poker players being such extraordinary people readers. You know, they're looking for the tells, aren't they? They're analysing people. They have that kind of brain. Well, that's right. And, and um, O'Malley, who's, who's my protagonist, uh, I think is very good at uh, reading people at the table, but he's probably still got a little way to go in terms of reading people away from the table. That's a good point. He's also, as is the, the way of many detectives, damaged. He's had, and we, we find this slowly through the book, so we won't give too much away, but he, he is a, a damaged man. He's got the love of a good woman, but he just can't quite give himself entirely up to it something's holding him back yeah I think he's he's wrestling with issues of injustice really and also guilt which is well placed or not that's open to the reader's uh, interpretation I think and that determines uh, the sort of people he helps and the and the cases he looks for to either pay penance or or certainly make sense of the world as is often the way with an investigation, it starts 
going down one path and then there are all sorts of twists and turns. But right at the start of the book, we meet his latest client, for lack of a better word. What's his first investigation into? Uh, well, his first investigation is uh, he's approached by uh, a man who's been uh, referred to him by by a friend who's uh, looking for his daughter who's run away. And that seems like a fairly simple task for a detective, um, albeit an amateur detective, uh, as O'Malley is. And as is often the way, uh, it's not nearly as simple as he, as he thinks. And it, uh, it very swiftly takes O'Malley into a layers of crime that he, that he wasn't anticipating. The missing daughter, it's a, it's a classic case, and it is really worrying. It must be the worst thing for a parent to not know where their child has gone. And for um, Lotto, he's had a particularly bad run, hasn't he? Yes, he has. He's had a bad run with, with his family uh, and he's he's lost his wife and he's lost a, a prior daughter. And uh, it's exactly the sort of case that O'Malley can't resist because at, at his heart he's concerned with helping people who have had a bad run in life and, and perhaps aren't getting the help from uh, other sources uh, around them that, that they might do. I mentioned having the love of a good woman and Claire is all that and more. A hell of a psychologist, he calls her um, a great support. Really interesting, smart woman in her own right. You know, Claire's a perfect partner for, for O'Malley in life, but also gently nudging him in the right direction as he um, as he goes on his investigations. I think it's, uh, it's quite often Claire's uh, little nudges that make sure he goes down the right path rather than uh, into further trouble. The excerpt that we played at the start has a great line, it takes a lot to bring a poker game to a halt. Just how intense are these games that you've played? Obviously, the higher the stakes, but, you know, what's it like, Simon? Uh, well, I, look, I, I won't pretend to be a, um, you know, a, a high-stakes player or, or a particularly good one, but I've um, I've been a very keen player for, for a couple of decades, and... It's very tense, regardless of the stakes. I think once money's turned into chips, the monetary value sort of disappears. And I'll butcher a quote, but I think it's someone who said, uh, you know, the man who invented poker chips was a genius because it it just removes the reality of the money being played for. But it's a it's a great game, and it's a game of maths, and it's a a, a game of psychology, and it's a game of reading your opponents and and bluff and all all of those things that have made it such a a game with longevity and keen interest, but it's capturing that sort of intensity of of, of games that can last many hours and um, escalate and import the longer that the games go on is a tricky task. But hopefully, I've I've gone some way to capturing that in the book. My first editor was very quick to point out that I'd perhaps written some of the poker scenes at the beginning with a poker audience in mind rather than a general audience in mind. So. I reworked those so that they were accessible even to those who never picked up a card in their life. O'Malley is a reader, and clearly you are too. I think you're a, a fan yourself of detective novels, and I've met two camps of crime writers, those who are obsessed with detective novels and have sagging bookshelves full of them, and others who don't read so much, just so that they don't feel that they're going to be influenced perhaps by other writers. But detective novels, you're a fan, right? Um, yeah, I love reading, and I've, crime is predominantly the genre that uh, appeals to me most, and definitely the you know the American great detective novels. You know whether it's James Elroy, James Lee Burke, more recent uh, authors Robert Crace, 
and the like. Uh, and Walter Mosley is unparalleled with his Easy Rawlings novels. And I, and I think, you know, detective novels are just great books. The genre sometimes belies the wonderful writing within them. You know, Walter Mosley can convey in a sentence what most of us would take a, a chapter to try and convey. So detective novels just, just allow for, and crime novels in general, just allow for great plot around which great writing emerges. Your story of getting this published is pretty cool for people who are listening because you sent it to Upstart Press. I don't know if you sent uh, it also to other publishers. And I read it was picked up from the unsolicited pile and read, and voila, you're now published. Well, I think, yes, <laughs> it wasn't quite that simple. Look, I think it's quite overwhelming for um, for new writers uh, who, who don't have any connections in the publishing industry, uh, of which I was one, you know, because the first challenge is, of course, writing a book. And then that feels like the hard bit. But actually, I think the hard bit is then bringing it out into the world. So I sent it to uh, multiple agents and publishers and all sort of unsolicited and speculative submissions. And then you you really just have to play a game of wait, uh, wait and see. And I think the the volume of submissions far surpasses the capacity of any individual agents or or publishers to read everything that gets sent them. So there's certainly you know a huge amount of good fortune I think in your manuscript being read at the right time in the right moment by a receptive audience. The only advice I could give is just keep persevering because I suspect the the number of great books that are still sitting in slush piles will be enormous. I think you've been thinking about writing this book for some time. Lockdown gave you the opportunity to write it, Simon. Are you still writing? Yes, well I I, um, uh, I wrote a second novel uh, whilst I was waiting for the first one to get any response. So obviously the, the same thing to do when you haven't had, had any uh, positive feedback on your first is to is to go straight into writing another one that's a very different novel it's uh it's still crime but it's set in the north of england and that now sits in my drawer looking for attention uh when i've got time but but since upstart took interest in the slow roll i'm now working on the follow-up to the slow roll featuring o'malley and, and claire in their next adventure so at a much slower pace i have to say than the first one um without the benefits of a lockdown to uh to give me the time to to afford to it so it's uh it's busy weekends and uh hopefully as the summer months come busy early mornings the slow roll by simon lendrum is published by upstart press